So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Live After Lockup, Haha ha, K. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 5 of Love After Lockup. In this episode, Chance and Taylor leave Bobby with the kids, Martel brings Kayla a dining room table without an apology, Kevin knocks out Curtis and Tiffany seems to like it, Antoine and Lacey reunite, Indy and Harry visit a spiritual counselor, and we meet Chaz, who has a prison girlfriend, Branwen, he is planning on making wife number five. If you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you on your spring break? Yeah, I was going to say good for me because I'm on spring break, but you still have another week. Yeah, I have another week. At least it's not two weeks. Sometimes spring break for me is the week after Easter, which is just like, oh, I'm dragging ass there. Yeah, well, that would be extra late this year, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, speaking of being free, let's talk about Lacey and Antoine. All right. So, Lacey is making food for Antoine. She's getting a hotel room since the prison is three hours away. Lacey wonders how supported Antoine might not, uh, might, how supported Antoine might feel uh, if Christy is going to be drunk. Lacey gets a call from her sister, Naomi, who has had a history of being in prison. Lacey asks about what point was the hardest for Naomi when she got out. Naomi says it gets tough when you realize how dependent you are on someone else. Lacey is up bright and early uh, just so she can have plenty of time to put makeup on and get ready for Antoine. Uh, It also means that she has time to take a huge puff on a vape pen. (laughs) She's worried about the fact that he's 10 years younger and has been around criminals all day with the ability to plot and scheme, as she puts it. Every time a car drives by, she keeps saying, who's this? Until finally, Antoine pulls up and hops out of a van. Antoine said he's been feeling very nervous about this release. He says that he's been getting in trouble since he was a kid and he has eight felonies. He's been in and out of prison since he was 18. He tells us that he's been in the hole for the last two years for things like making alcohol, smuggling cell phones, being involved in prison riots. He says that he gets in trouble because he's just bored. He tells us his love for Lacey is genuine, but then she was a little annoyed that he wiped off her wet kisses. All right, so this guy seems like a career criminal, and I I don't know if boredom is the real reason. Well, how long do you think until Antoine's going back to prison? It doesn't. I, I doesn't sound like very long. He just doesn't. I mean, he just he, he said it himself. He said he's bored, but he, what he really means is like he just can't sit still for very long. It's like this. Yeah. He kind of almost seems like he enjoys the thrill of you know I'm getting away with something. I'm I, I'm doing something bad. I, I I'm get, you know not supposed to be doing this more than he actually enjoys the fruits of his criminal labor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Because, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's all in perspective, right? Because everything, everybody thinks other things are boring. There's always something people are into, and you're like, why do you do that? It's so boring. Oh, <laughs> like, right? And sometimes it, sometimes it can be things that are like objectively fun, like some, uh, uh, not objectively fun, but generally seen as fun, right? They could be like, oh, uh, like, you know, playing sports is for some people. Like, I enjoy sports, and other people are like, why? Sports are boring, yeah. right? I don't, I don't really get, like, what... Okay, maybe he just actually likes prison. I don't know. Maybe it is, like, the place to be. Because that's, to me, enough of a deterrent to be like, yeah, I don't want to be in there. It seems like it would be more boring in prison than it would be on the outside. Yes. I mean, that, that's the same way I think about, like, this people who cut class all the time. And I was like, there's no possible way that the stall in this bathroom that you're hiding in is less boring than class like it's not possible (laughs) well (laughs) maybe if you have your phone in there right yeah well they have their phone in class too like the kids that cut my school are like oh you're on your phone and not disturbing everyone go ahead you keep doing that well i'll I'll just keep teaching up here (laughs) yeah but uh, yeah it just doesn't make sense to me because it he also seems like the kind of person who you know career criminals just in general they just don't like to be told what to do they don't want to follow rules and it's right. like what place has more rules than prison yeah i i, I don't know I, I, 
yeah, the idea, even the idea of like any kind of I might have to go to jail. I was just like, what? No, no, absolutely not. I'm not doing this thing. Like I'm not making taking any risk of jail time at all for anything. But yeah, I mean, it just seems. But I think it's different, just like anything else, right? You go through it a couple times, and you're just like, eh, it's not so bad, right? It's whatever. Like yeah. It, but then at the same time, it's kind of going back to the boredom thing. If it's not so bad, boredom is just not that bad. So just stay out of trouble. Seems but he gets easy in to trouble me. in prison, too. Yeah, I know, right? Like, So he's going to find trouble whether he's in prison or not. I love how he runs down his laundry list of, like, things that he's doing in prison because he's bored. And it's just like, prison riots? That's on the list? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I don't feel like a prison riot. I, the, the, the prison hooch? Gotcha. That, that That's a boredom right. thing. I give you that. Yeah. yeah. But like, I'm bored. I think I'll just start a riot for no reason. Doesn't right. really sound like it's up the thing. I think he is like, there's more to it than that, than I'm yeah. bored. Yeah. He's just criminal minds. So that, you know, that's the other thing that Lacey was like, well, I don't know what he's doing because he just has all, all the time in the world to, you know, come up with crazy harebrained schemes with other prisoners while he's in prison. So she's a little worried about that. Well, right. That's that's what they that's what they always say. Right. Re- rehabilitating people by crime, by just putting him into um you know, a place where they can where they can learn from more experienced criminals like that. Right, I was going to say creating a network. <laughs> of yeah. Criminals. Yeah, that does seem uh, odd, you know, like uh, hook them up with uh, other criminals. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was super annoying to me, though. And you mentioned it that Lacey was like everything that came by was she was like, who's this? Who 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 is this? And yeah. not leave like, is it him? Like, who is this? Like, I yeah. don't know somebody. And they'd be like, it's a speeding. car just driving by. What do you mean? Who is this? I get if it looked like it was a van or something, but there'd be like a Ford Escort driving by. And she'd be like, is this it? Who is this? Is this it? <laughs> like, no, that's just it didn't even slow down. It just drove by. Right. Who is this? Who is this? It's like, I feel like she might have been high on that vape pen or something. Maybe because that does sound like something like a toddler would be. Who's that? Like, every car they get goes by. But like, who's that? Who's that? You're like, I don't know, two-year-old. I don't know who's in the other cars. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to my shorter group. And that is Kayla Martell. So it is the morning after Sudgate. And Kayla is upset that they didn't get to christen the new place. But she brings out a garbage bag full of stuff that he sent from prison and reads a few letters to production. But still, she calls his behavior from yesterday unacceptable. Of course, she says this while she's cleaning the stovetop that he complained about. So, just noted. So, eventually, he does come back without an apology, but with a dining room set and okay. demands for kisses. I just walked in with, here's a, here's a table. Like, what? I don't understand what's going on. He tells us that he called his friend Pops, and they just went to see his grandma and grabbed something to eat. And that's all that happened, I swear. So he's kind of surprised that she's still irritated and demanding an apology from him. They seem to be on different pages about whether the fight last night is over. Um, Martell seems to think it was. And Kayla just picks up right where they left off. There's a whole lot of – and I know they needed the furniture in their apartment because it was super echoey when they were yelling at each other. Yeah. And uh, Martell's part of the argument. You know, Kayla has all her points that she wants to make about feeling disrespected and blah, blah. And Martell is just like – Lower your voice. Who do you think you're talking to? So she says it's a pattern with him. When so he's wrong, he kind of downplays the whole argument and is just like, oh, well, you know, that's not a big deal. So let's just move on. Maybe we'll get a uh, shrimp Alfredo from the strip club, which seems to be a jab like meant to irritate her and she knows it too. So anyway, later, uh, Kayla comes back. It's Kayla's turn to just randomly saunter into the apartment. Um, she was around and Martel's sitting there eating wings at the table. So he he says he apologizes if he embarrassed her, but he's not going to apologize for disrespecting her because he didn't disrespect her in any form or fashion. So Kayla tells him, it's not really up to you whether or not I felt disrespected. That's my decision. And you don't get to decide I wasn't disrespected. So he thinks that's dumb. Since he didn't mean disrespect, that means there was no disrespect. And actually, she's the one disrespecting him by raising her voice. He's really on this voice thing. So the argument just goes in circles for a while until Kayla is finally like, uh, all right, we got to stop rehashing this argument and just move forward without like any kind of resolution. We're just like, just stop, move forward. And, uh, Martel agrees to that. Um, 
So where do you stand on the disrespect gate here? Like disrespect Ghazi? I don't know what one it is. But where we like, who was the one that was more disrespected and was anyone owed an apology? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of frustrated with Martel as well because regardless if he intended to disrespect her, he's ignoring the fact that she has feelings about what he did. And he's just kind of like, well, I didn't intend it to be that way, so you should not be offended. You know, and it's like, that's how I think a lot of people, I mean, especially, you know, we're pretty sensitive right now, like, as a society about being offended, right, for whatever. I mean, there's a laundry list of reasons why people are offended, you know, and um, it's unfair for someone to say well i didn't mean it that way so you're offended that's your problem and i mean that's just not how it works right now you know it's like you have to consider like uh, how you make other people feel and yeah you do have somewhat of a leg to stand on by saying i didn't intend it that way but you can't just say i didn't intend it that way end of story you can't be offended yeah yeah it could be i didn't intend it that way as a mitigating factor in your apology it can't be like i didn't mean it that way so you're not allowed to take it that way right and therefore um all is done and you're the one who's being ridiculous by yelling at me for for saying this because yeah yeah, at the end of the day you don't get to decide how other people should feel about what you said that's not how it works. He is in for a rude awakening because if we think about it, like, uh, you know, this whole cancel culture and like all of that, that's relatively new-ish. If we think about he's been in prison for 13 years, yeah. you know, he's going to be like, what? When he like starts know. to see. Because I feel like my personal opinion of cancel culture is that it's always been around. It's just mm-hmm. what you are and aren't allowed to say is changed. Right. And it was always certain things that were like, you don't say this in polite company. And if you did, you would be kicked out. Right. And you would be doing it. It's just now it's a different group of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't have ever gone around, you know, I don't want to, I, I'm trying to think of who you could target your jokes at. Right. But like, you know, there used to be certain lines you didn't cross on TV. Like they didn't have men and women sleeping in the same bed. Like standards mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a standard changing more than, um, you know, they had everybody. I mean, just think about the Hollywood blacklist. People expressed like, their opinions about labor unions and they're like, well, no, you can't make movies anymore. Too much. Too, you're a communist. That's it. Nope. You're done. Right. And it's like there were just certain things you couldn't say before. It just is a different set of things. So like and I'm sure he hasn't been keeping up with what these new things are. Right. But I'm also sure that if he wants to ensconce himself and surround himself with people who think likewise to him, he can absolutely do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, uh, he just, I think he knows he did something wrong, right? And it's just like, he just doesn't want to deal with it. I think that's what it really is. And so it's like kind of this attitude of, you know, like, well, if I just act like everything is fine, everything will be fine. And I'm just going to be stubborn and I'm not going to admit there was a problem. Right. Well, then at the end, then you can also kind of turn it around and be like, well, I was saying everything was fine. You're the one who's making it not fine anymore. Now right. it's your problem. Yeah. Not mine. I mean, it's definitely a definitely a, a jujitsu. But I just think he also just is like he just wants to deal with specifically what he wants to deal with. Yeah. And he's I think he's totally willing to like just leave this complete relationship and just be like, whatever. You're annoying. I don't care. I'm leaving. Yeah, I think he feels that way until I do think he needed some time apart. And then he remembers because, I mean, he even says, like, he's never dated someone as nice as Kayla before. He's never dated someone. I mean, he doesn't know the whole story, but, like, in his eyes, loyal is her. So he's starting to really think about it and be like, oh, I'm not going to be able to find someone like her again. So then it's like, okay, well, got to make things better, you know. So he's got to go back and apologize. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's just like, it's a half-ass apology, and then he follows it up with, lower your voice, lower your voice, which is like a half a tick away from calm down, which is, you know, never good in an argument. But like, part of it is like, it's not just lower your voice to be like, hey, you're being really loud, can you take it down a notch? It's like, he also followed up with, who do you think you're talking to? Like, which is like, I don't know, this person who disrespected me, that's who I'm talking to, shut up. Yeah. 
He's pretty ridiculous, and I, you know, I don't have high hopes for them right now. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, as as much as he could, you know, as as much hope as he could actually open his mouth wide enough to eat those wings, which I was surprised by, because when he talks, he does not open his mouth. He doesn't. I noticed that, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, speaking of no hope, let's talk about Indian Harry. Oh, jeez. So, Indian Harry are on their way to meet with their medium with Nakawa, Indy's daughter. They meet Cindy, the spiritual counselor, who senses a nervous, anxious energy in the room. Cindy senses anger in one of them, and Indy points at Harry. So Cindy asks to confirm his anger and his need to defend himself. And Harry tries to call her out, saying, you know, it's all a scam. You knew. She pointed at me. And Indy tells him to stop acting like a dick. He just wants her to be sensible and realistic, which means not listening to this uh, spiritual advisor. Cindy says that marriage and family is in the cards only if there is an effort on both ends, which I feel like I don't need to be a spiritual counselor to tell you that. So she tells Indy not to be in any kind of rush. Harry says that Indy has her own clock, but he has a clock and she needs to get right or get left. As soon as they leave the medium, Harry gets a phone call and tells Indy it's his PO as he walks off. It's clearly a woman who's asking him who he's with and he says that he will see her later. We are led to believe it's another woman, but, uh, you know, it actually ends up that he has a daughter. He tells us that he's not going to marry Indy because he only knows her from prison correspondence and he still has to get to know her. So Harry's making plans to meet up with his daughter. It ends up that he has a five-year-old daughter, Ava. His ex, Fatima, didn't want Ava to see Harry in prison, so she told Ava that her dad was in superhero camp and he hasn't seen her since she was born. He is nervous about seeing Ava for the first time. Indy isn't sure how she feels about Harry meeting up with his ex. She thinks that she should meet Fatima and Ava since she's planning on being around Ava. Indy suspects that Fatima would jump at the chance to get the family back together, which concerns her. Harry tries to tell Indy that this is all very overwhelming. It's only day five of them being out. Harry is annoyed that Indy is asking a lot of questions and, according to him, questioning his integrity. He thinks that all the questions are getting old and she just needs to get over the cheating. I mean, if he's been out for five days, like, hasn't the cheating happened recently? Mm -hmm. So she needs to just accept it or he'll leave. Indy thinks that Harry is acting strange and she suspects that he could cheat again. Harry then visits his daughter, Ava, and sits down for a chat with Fatima, who you can tell just seems to be totally over the situation. She rolls her eyes when Harry says he was driving without a license. She tells us it didn't work out because Harry just wants to do what he wants to do. Fatima asks how he got there, and Harry says his girl dropped him off. Harry says he's going to take care of Ava, when, uh, and then she questions this if he has a whole other family now. He says he will need to make every effort, and he tries to convince Fatima that he's changed. He then asks if Ava can uh, come over and spend the night with him a couple times, and she says no, Dude. but in due time. She says that he can come over and spend some time alone with her one-on-one -on -one, uh, because Harry did ask. All right, so Indy seems to think that Fatima wants Harry back. Just by Fatima's demeanor, I did not get that impression. But then Fatima was talking about it like he's going to be around all the time and actively contributing. So do you think that Fatima wants Harry back? No, I think she wants him back as a co-parent. I don't think she wants to be in a relationship with him again. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, Because I, I, I feel like that. She was like, yeah, he does what he wants to do, which part of that means – Amongst all the other things he does, he also cheats because yeah. he sees other women as like, I would like to have sex with that and then does because that's yeah. the way he thinks. He just doesn't stop when he wants, when he decides, when he has impulses, he has no control of him. He just does it. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I don't think she wants it. I think she would be, uh, you know, welcome the contributions of doing things like taking them to the doctor and watching them every, watching her every once in a while and doing that. That's good. But I was actually mostly concerned about. Indy, because she didn't just say, I think he, she, he's going to want her back. She's like, well, any woman would want the father of their children around. And I was like, wait a second. What about you, Indy? <laughs> because you have a baby daddy out there. <laughs> he had two of them. So you would, let's get the family back together again. Well, yeah. So that, that sounds to me like you say you would want them back. So I feel like you got to square that circle there, Indy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, I did not get the impression that Fatima was like, she was just, she seemed like annoyed with him, like right off the bat. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's all, I'm sure it's super annoying to hear like, oh, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do it. And you're just like, no, you won't. No, you won't. I can't say no, you won't to you, but I know you won't. Like, this yeah. is not going to happen. All these things you're promising, I'm just would bet my life savings on that this is not going to happen and i have to sit here listen to it like that that's the impression that i got from fatima well and i don't blame her either because it just seems like he's the kind of person who is all talk and i mean we've Mm -hmm. seen this now with even indy you know he's talking a big game like oh get married blah blah blah. it's because he talks about things that he doesn't have to necessarily follow through on and i mean that's easy to say when you're in prison you know so i'm not surprised at all that he said oh you know i'm gonna help out i'm gonna pick her up every day from school you know if you have work and i'm going to do her homework with her and i'm going to you know take her to soccer and you know whatever other things that she has like doctor's appointments i'll do all of that i can so see harry saying all of that and when it really comes down to it he's like oh i can't man i got high i like you know whatever can't do that i'm like out with my girl so yeah i'd be wary of harry as well right because he didn't even promise to actually do it he promised to make every effort and i imagine from what i've seen of harry i don't imagine his every effort is all that much effort at all like it it's very little effort like he couldn't i yeah he couldn't even go like a week if he said hey harry go a week without without getting high for me i don't think he could do it he would be like no "No." he's like i'll make every effort to do that and fail like the next day yeah yeah, I agree. Yeah. I did appreciate him at the um, at the psychic though. Being like, you didn't even <laughs> tell me anything. Anybody didn't know. She freaking pointed at me. What are you talking about, lady? Yeah, I don't know, but I agree with Indy in that case. It's like, you know, Cindy doesn't need that. You came to her. Like, don't be a dick. Well, you know? I mean, that's the thing. Is like, is I? I mean, yes, I probably would have taken one more step had I had. Okay, uh, this is back up. I would have taken lots more steps because I would never be dating someone that made me go to a psychic with them. Right, um, right. As a serious thing. Like as a lark or whatever. Oh, just see what she says. Ha, 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 whatever. Like maybe. As like a – we really need to get her opinion on something. I'd be like, no. And if you make me go – and that's the point. It's like if you make me go, I'm going to be an asshole. Like I'm just telling you right <laughs> now that's going to happen. I, I'm going to be an asshole when we go. But – but I just couldn't see myself possibly even being interested in having a relationship with somebody who was like, we need to go see a psychic about what's going to happen with us so we know what to do. Like, nope, that's not happening. No. Well, also, she really didn't even give them any like, uh, you know, that could be said of every relationship ever. Oh, if you put in some effort, then you can get all the things you want out of the relationship. Great. That's no new news. It's like, oh, yeah, if someone's not going to put in the effort, it's going to fall yeah. apart. It's like, yes, this yeah. Relation, yeah, this relationship will work if both of you are working on it. It's like, really? That's amazing. Mm, also, yeah. the person who just got out of prison might have some anger issues. Oh, amazing. <laughs> like, I just, I, just, I just get the impression when Indy does this, she has no idea how much she tells the psychic. Like, and, she, and she thinks the psychic predicts things that it's just like, yeah, you told her that. Like, that's why she knew or at least made that inference, right? Like, I'm sure she didn't say, oh, Harry has a lot of anger problems. But she probably said, my boyfriend just got out of prison and we want to talk to you. And she's like, okay, well, I can just surmise that there's going to be anger problems there in this relationship. Well, I also think it's ridiculous that it's like – Harry, I don't – it's not that you didn't know she was into mediums. You, she was talking yeah. about being your spiritual wife and being spiritual, spiritually married a long time ago. Oh, I mean, like, he definitely – None yeah, of this is a surprise He definitely you. plays on both sides of it too. The part where she's like, oh, there's some anger. Oh, I don't believe you, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, ah, remember, don't rush into this. You got to take your time. And he's like, I think she has a point now. You know, here, yeah. here, Let's hear her out. Right, right. right. All right. Moving on. Let's, you know – Let's just go to Kevin and Tiffany. So they make sure that we start off showing us Kevin knocking Curtis the fuck out again. Yeah, right. But this time we get to see what happens after he hits the ground. Someone with a – and I had to pause this to see this. A I U.S. I read it. Armed protection officer, which is – I from what I'm guessing, a security farm firm that's uh, cosplaying like right. he's a cop. Um. He starts to take care of Kevin, of, of, sorry, Curtis. And then while this is going on, 
Kevin gets in his car with an un unlit cigarette like dangling from his mouth and tries to drive away, even though Curtis's head is like <laughs> under his car. He's like, I'm leaving. You can't stop me. You better move his ass. I'm getting out of here. Oh my gosh. So, uh, okay. Anyway, but after Kevin leaves, a dazed and confused Curtis gets up and is walked to sit on the curb. And he has no idea what happened. He's like, nope. where's that boy? Where's that boy? I'm going to get him. Like, it's like, oh, no, this is bad. So notably, while they're doing this and doing the whole concussion protocol, Tiffany is just chilling in the production van, not checking on him or seeing how he's doing. Just that's it. So what's it's pretty uh, what seemed to me a pretty clearly concussed Curtis um, yeah. keeps trying to get into his truck and drive away. And so much so that the security guy takes his keys until EMS can show up. So eventually they do and they, quote, clear him. Then he's just like sitting in the truck waiting for Tiffany to join him. But by the time Curtis is allowed to go, Tiffany isn't in the production van anymore. She's just sitting on a curb. He comes by and is like, hey, stranger, want to ride? And she's like, no, no. I'm really stressed and overwhelmed. So how about maybe I might call you in a couple days and let's get this stuff out of your truck. So she tells us that she doesn't even know what she was doing with him. Then they unload the boxes of a truck and he drives off making sad faces. Uh, he says, she says it was all about the fight, right? And she's like, eh, he got in a fight. He started acting like an ass and I don't need that kind of energy around me anymore, right? Let alone like as soon as I got out of prison, he's, he's starting shit, whatever. He cries for a bit in the parking lot in front of her and then drives off. But right after he does, we learn that it wasn't really about the fight at all. Because she calls Kevin to come back. At, Can you come back and get me? Um, <laughs> but he kind of resists. He's not He's not about to forget what she did yet, even though Tiffany feels like, oh, I feel like he's stuck with me. But it turns out that like a – and I looked on the internet. Like a disturbing number of people on the internet, a lot of people watched Kevin punch that guy's lights out and were like, ooh. He just got way more sexy. Um, what? Yes. Yes. That is crazy to me. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow. He moved up a few notches. And Ew. he clearly did for Tiffany. So after lots of pleading, he comes back. So, yeah. Um, what are some things that, that guys could do to look more sexy to you besides punch Not somebody that. out? <laughs> that, that to me made oh, – I don't know. Uh, Curtis wasn't like disgusting to me, but – at the same time, I just thought he was just so stupid. You yes. know, it's like, you won, dude. And we said this last week. Like, just freaking walk away. It's not that difficult, right? Yeah. Like, you're – and not to say that he deserved it, but at the same time, it's like, you could have predicted this is how it was going to go down just based on your behavior, you know? Like, I'm not surprised by any of this. I'm not surprised – I'm not surprised she kicked him to the curb. Absolutely not. I'm surprised that she then was like, yes. I want the guy who won the fight. Yes. Like, that I was surprised about because to me it's like – I didn't even understand. Kevin was trying to get the fuck out of there because he thought that he was getting going to get arrested. He even said – yeah, because like, he called his mom while he was driving away, like, oh, I might be going to prison. I just knocked some guy out, you know, like, got it on camera. He's trying to, like, you know, hide the evidence. He's trying to, like, turn off the cameras and his mic, like, while he's driving away. So he genuinely thought he was going to get, like, in trouble, in trouble. like, right. legal trouble. So it's just like, I don't know. Is that attractive? To me, it's not. It's like, uh, you're, you're going to do whatever the hell you want and then you're going to actively run from the police like that's not attractive yeah i guess it's not i mean it, it's the running oh that that'll be the people i don't know who these people are i assume right. they're the kind of people that are into like oh i really i'm really into bad Defend boys and my honor or something like that or fight for me or fight you know so i i guess i can see how that's a thing but then you're like i run all that way like a little girl because you're just like ah. I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go anything here. Yeah, because it's not like he punched him out and then was like, Tiffany was like, come with me now. Like, nah, you don't want that yeah. weenie. Although he did really come across as a weenie <laughs> this oh, whole yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the crying in front wasn't a good look. No. And I, part of it is like it's one thing that he was acting like an ass and started the fight. Yeah. And it's another thing that it was really – 
not attractive. It's not even his fault, but it's super unattractive to be like, what? Where's that guy? I'm going to get that that guy, that boy that was here. Where did he go? Like, and when he was coming for, to from his concussion and stuff, he just sounded really lame like not not something that anybody would find attractive to be clear to me him crying wasn't the unattractive part it to me it's the whole like trying to make a production out of it you know it was like he was crying in front of oh, her he like, sat there like with necessary? the window rolled down like ooh, 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 ooh. yeah <laughs> that's like super unattractive it's like okay fine if you're gonna like show emotion and cry that's fine but why does it have to be in front of someone like to make them feel bad for you, to somehow yeah. guilt them into coming with you. That's the part that was weird to me. Well, and it's def- it definitely is one thing where you went, you that's a pretty extreme, extreme to go to when like five minutes ago you were, look at this weenie, I'm gonna take this weenie out. And then like the next second you're like, oh, look at this, look at this third grader. I'm done with it. Oh, he's so short. Oh, you're gonna punch me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then be like, oh, I'm so sad. I thought we were going to be together. I thought we were going to yeah, go right off into the sunset together. <laughs> My yeah. gosh. So I'm just, I'm just very, I mean, Tiffany just is like toying with both of these people so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she even said like, Kevin, she's like, whatever. He's not very going to leave me. I, I can do whatever. He'll be back. Well, I am confused anyway. It made sense to me when she said, like, this guy's a player. Like, I didn't take him seriously, you know? And how do you go from that to, okay, well, I want to make this work. It's like, what happened to him being a player? Like, aren't you concerned about that still? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think, though, actually, it might be a little bit more just about her immediate needs I was like, I really don't want to get in this car with this guy who just got punched out and then cried in front of me. So I'm done with that. So what are my options here? Like, who right. can I call to get me out of here? And it's like, that that's who it is. It's this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that as being the reason why she called him. And I kind of hope it is, you know, because it's just like. If you're thinking that this is going to be a legitimate relationship, I don't know. I think, well, I don't know. In one way, I think they both deserve each other. Yeah. I mean, he just, he he, he knows what he's getting. Uh, it's it, it, yeah. She's not really hiding it. No. And, and like, honestly, he's no prize himself. So it's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But the, it would be very interesting to see what's going to happen when Kayla comes around. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Somebody's getting punched again. I oh, bet. God. That'll be interesting. All right. Uh, let's move on to Chaz and Bronwyn. Uh, who? Oh, Branwyn. Uh, Branwyn. Who, yeah, Branwyn. <laughs> uh, so this is a new couple. We meet Chaz, who's a 55-year-old customer support technician who plays bass in an 80s metal band. He tells his band that he's going to meet his lady, Branwyn. They met on Paper Dolls, the website. Uh, Chaz was convinced that she was a catfish because she was just way too beautiful. But he's seen her on video chat and even visited her once in person, and she's just equally gorgeous. Chaz is worried that Branwyn won't actually find him attractive um, on the outside, especially compared to other men. She tells us uh, He tells us that in Kentucky, men are tall, so women ignore his 5-foot-5-inch presence. Chaz has been sending uh, Branwyn money every couple of weeks. His bandmate, Jack Storm, is worried that Branwyn's freedom uh, will mean that Chaz will be neglected. Chaz gets a call from Branwyn where they joke about her stabbing him in his sleep. Chaz is getting ready to leave and he tells us that he's a bit of a cat man and that stems from him being in the military where it was just easier to care for cats. Chaz is getting excited about all the things that he can do with Branwyn, including going to the Kentucky Derby and having a hoot of a time. Chaz goes to visit his sister, Chris, to tell her about going to Portland uh, to get Branwyn. Chris says that he has been taken advantage of, used for money, and hurt by women in the past, and she just doesn't want to see that happen to him again. Chaz tells Chris that they're going to get married as soon as she gets out here, and he actually brought rings a year ago. It ends up that Chaz has been married four times. Chaz, uh, he goes through, you know, what happened with his other uh, marriages, but he's the most upset about his last wife who died from a drug overdose. Branwyn video calls and Chris asks to talk to her. Chris tells her not to marry Chaz if she doesn't really love him. Branwyn says that she has addiction issues and she needs to get out of Portland. 
Chris worries that Branwen will have codependent uh, have a codependent relationship with Chaz and put through put Chaz through what his ex wife did. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, Chaz seems to be self-conscious about his height and, you know, just his j- overall attractiveness. Correct. Uh, yeah. Do you think that Branwen will have a change of heart when she spends more time with Chaz? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I think he's attractive enough for her. Yeah, I think so, too. He's not an unfortunate looking guy. I know no. the whole being shorter thing does put you at a disadvantage especially in situations where like he says in kentucky everybody's tall i don't know i've been to kentucky i guess i didn't really notice i don't think everybody in kentucky is tall i associate it as being one of the shorter states actually really yeah i mean i i just think of i don't know i i think two things i think i think it usually is one of the poorer states so i usually think poorer means shorter people interesting i don't necessarily think that i think of farm boys as being tall no, I mean, I think of when I think of tall, I think the upper Midwest. I think like Minnesota, yes, like yep. Wisconsin, yes. like, and they, they, like that. That's that's where I'm going for tall. Yes, like I agree. But it's it's all relative. No matter where you go, though, five five for a guy is short. Yeah, I suppose so. Which is fine. I think that's probably the biggest thing because we, you know, we just saw him in terms of you know just his face and the you know um, talking head segments or whatever, and he's like. Even compared compared to the other men in this season is like, no, you're he's top half, right? Like, yeah, well, OK, here's the here's the thing, though, just in general. I think that it is it becomes more unattractive when a guy becomes self-conscious about his height. And so yes. then it becomes this like vicious or cycle, what, whatever right? it is. But it gets because he clearly she says I'm attracted to you and he doesn't believe it. Right? And it's like yeah. – and that lack of confidence and that like self-deprecating, well, I'm just so short. Nobody wants to be with me. And it's like, well, now I don't want to either even though I had no issue with your shortness before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I have um, a couple uh, short guy friends and, I, you know, they actually act fairly confident and do pretty well for themselves. Um, and then I – you know, I went out with a guy who just – he blamed some ridiculous thing on his height and said, oh, you know, it was because I was short. And he got really angry about it. And it just was such a turnoff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of – because I'm not short. I'm not like super tall, but I'm definitely not short, right? Right. And so it it just is like – yeah. So there's always this thing called like – we I we always grew up calling it little man syndrome. Yeah. Where it's like you're angry at the world because you're short. And yeah. then like – you just take it out on everything and like uh and then and there's this other weird thing where like I've always had like little guys will like start fights with big guys because they know <laughs> like big guy's not gonna like oh my god I'm gonna do beat the crap out of this guy who's like a foot shorter than me. I'm not gonna do that. And so but it's like, yeah, then then that's what's unattractive. It's not the yes. fact that you have less height, it's that you're going around acting like a prick all the time to everybody and, yeah. and blaming your height on it. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I like Chaz's energy and he seemed to be like a pretty decent guy. I definitely feel like as much as he might be like a guy, it's like fun or like a good friend. There's clearly issues here. Like this dude's been married four times. Yeah, four times. That's just This is just a dude who just instantly falls in love with people. Yeah. Right. And that's. Not necessarily good because it's that that usually means that usually is a sign of some more internal insecurity that mm-hmm. you're just like I need love I must grab it with both hands and take it forever never now let it I have go. it yeah never let it go because he almost gave us a if this doesn't work out with uh, Branwyn like oh, I may God. never find love again oh God. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, the first uh, marriage he mentioned lasted a little while. So he said he was married for eight years and he was kind of vague about, you know, why that ended. And then the second wife was where he said, oh, we fought all the time. It seemed like it was a bad match. Third yeah, wife. Yeah, we never got along. And it's like, then yeah. why were you married? I was confused. Right. Yeah. Right. Then the third one, kind of the same deal. Then the fourth one, he didn't really ever say. And I think that's partially because it's like you don't want to speak ill of, you know, the ones who have passed. But, you know, but regardless if you got along or not, that's got to be pretty traumatic to have your partner, like, have a drug oh yeah and he went and he went into detail about he was the one who found her and everything like that's 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 hard that's right that's that that leaves some that leaves a lot of scars that's tough yeah 
Yeah, for sure. So I feel bad for the guy. I, I mean, I generally like him, but is this someone who I think is going to be a good partner to someone else? Eh, there's a lot of signs that say it's a challenge for him. Yeah, but it seemed like, I don't know, we'll, we'll see. And that's why my I, I'm kind of reserving my judgment because I feel like we might have gotten the good cut here. And yeah, then a couple right. episodes, you're like, oh, my God, he's a you're terrible, like, oh, horrible why. human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. We just it don't see it It all makes sense yet. now. Yeah. But they, they, they are definitely trying to paint him as the like, oh, sad, lonely man yeah. just looking for love because he has cats. He has cats. Did you know how desperate you have to be as a man before you have cats? Oh, my goodness. Actually, I thought it was really interesting that he said that because I've only ever known two other guys that have had cats. And now that I think about it, they were both ex-military. It and makes so sense. now it's got me thinking as like, is is being a military man like uh, make you a cat person? No, it makes it makes sense because a cat is an animal that you can just fucking leave, leave for the weekend. Yeah. And it's fine. Like you can't just leave a dog for the weekend in your ha- apartment, right? And uh, but a cat, you can, pff, a cat can probably go up for up to a week or two if you really needed it to. Well, you just need somebody just have someone check in on. Just that. have somebody come in, yeah, somebody come or in an and auto check feeder. in. Yeah, and you have the auto feeder, like, and you do that, and you you know put stock up your litter box, and you'd be all right. Like, but but a dog, you can't do that. And like, and right. if you're military, you're getting called away all the time. And if you have to move the dang thing, so right. I get it because that's. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm more of a cat person myself. And that's mainly because cats are way less maintenance than dogs, mm-hmm. way less maintenance than dogs in terms of how you have to take care of them. And yeah. so it makes sense that somebody who's in the military would be would be on that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, you know, who's not way less maintenance than, than dogs is oh uh, children. And that brings us to Taylor and Chance. Gosh. So it is uh, Christmas time again still, and they've got advent calendars for all the girls. So now it's, you know, they're trying to butter the girls up because now it's happy time. They want to leave. They want to leave. Taylor and Chance want to leave the house and leave the kids with Bobby so that they can get some out of out of the house alone time together. So Bobby is still in her room. We like never see her face this whole episode, I don't think. And Taylor thinks this is also a chance that they can show Chance how there's some perks with Bobby living here because he's out, he has his reservations about it. You know, one of the perks, of course, being more car sex. So if they drive around for a while looking for a secluded, non-illegal spot to pull over and they settle on a cemetery. Uh, Chance thinks it maybe is a little disrespectful and it kind of reminds him of a horror movie, but not so much that he's going to stop. So they make out for a good long while as the car in the car as production plays some porny music and then sure. switches to an overhead drone shot of the whole cemetery. So when they get back to the house, though, things are kind of a mess. The kids are jumping all over the furniture, making a big mess, pillows everywhere. And Bobby is still locked in a room, not even paying attention to the kids at all. So Taylor asks if she checked on the girls and she was like, oh, yeah, I like poked my head out twice and they were fine. They were like cooking something in the kitchen or something. So anyway, Chance is pretty frustrated because now to him, you know, he thought it was pretty cool that they had someone to rely on to watch the kids. But that doesn't seem like an option because it doesn't seem like they can trust her to watch the kids. Taylor doesn't necessarily disagree, but doesn't want to have this conversation in front of the children and thinks he's overreacting. Then he gets all huffy when like. One of the kids is like, well, it's mommy's house and you have to do mommy's rules. And that definitely rubs it the wrong way. And he gets all irritated and gets up and leaves. Um, and then they go in the finally in their bedroom. They're still arguing about Bobby. He's like, what exactly does she contribute here? Because if she can't even keep an eye on the kids for an hour or two, I don't know what she's doing productively here. So also, why are you letting these kids run your house? The kid said it's mommy's house and everything goes. And you're just like, OK, yeah, that's right. So, right, Bobby gets the gist of what's going on. Taylor thinks she was overheard, but I think it was from a kid. And now she's upset, mainly because she doesn't think that um, that night, her night, that she watched the kids. And she was like, well, the kids weren't even acting any worse than they usually act. So, Taylor's upset that Bobby can hear everything Chance is saying. And when she goes back to check on Bobby, she's gone and she has left the house. All right. So, I mean, okay. So would you let Bobby watch these kids again? Uh, no, that's not watching the kids. You might as well have like one of those like ring nest situations like where it's just like a baby monitor. 
Yeah, basically uh, a video baby monitor. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where she'll like call you if something goes wrong, but if not, like that was not watching the kids. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, if there was a true emergency, the kids would be able to go in and like as long as they were. I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? There's three of them. Yeah. One of them hopefully is okay enough to run for help, right? But. You know, if they're not going to want to get in trouble or, you know, it's not that serious, then they're not going to snitch on each other. And she's not there to supervise them. Like, that's the worst babysitter. I wouldn't trust her either. But at the same time, I kind of agree with Taylor. Like, you know, to talk shit about her in front of the kids. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, not even, like, decide what you're going to say or do in that situation and, like have that conversation where like all the wrong people are hearing at the wrong time. That's not how to resolve anything. No, no, it's right. It's, it's right. It's just, yeah, I get, I get why he was frustrated, but that's definitely not something that you bring up in front of the kids. No, because you're undermining her authority if she is supposed to like, so maybe Bobby is just like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, and then she's going to like actually be out and watch the kids. Now you've completely undermined her authority like in the kids' eyes. Right. And I don't know. I will say this because I usually don't want to talk bad about the kids. Those kids are kind of brats. Oh, yeah. They're super bratty. I don't care about talking about the kids are bratty. Like, like especially because they were like, she said something like that. She was like, why are you guys even jumping on the couch? Like, we're kids. We like to have Fun. And it's, oh, I, mean, I would have been like, what? The well, sh- also, she told them, get off, quit jumping on the couch. And they were still, tr- she had to physically like restrain them from jumping on the couch. And that's when they stopped. Yeah. No, I don't. Clearly, I, they have no, like, they're not listening to any authority, even mom. Yeah. I just, I can't even, like, I, I if I did that to my dad or if my kid that did that to me, if they like were jumping on the couch and they said, we're kids and we like to have Fun. I'd have been like, have you lost your ever loving mind? Like (laughs) this is oh my, we are done. Like it would have been it would have been very, very bad. Okay, (laughs) but doesn't doesn't Taylor seem like the type of personality where the kids have gone through a terrible tragedy tragedy in their life? Yeah. That she is being permissive. You know, and like, oh, well, you know, they've had a rough life. We're just going to basically spoil them forever and let them do whatever the hell they want. I could see her being like that. I could. I mean, I, I don't I don't agree. I don't think that helps them through oh, whatever no, it is. I don't, I'm not like, saying no. that's right. Right way to parent. But I could see her like making that excuse. Yeah, right? I guess I guess I just couldn't live in a house like that. Like I would yeah. I would be so stressed out all the time. With right. all that commotion, I just I just couldn't do it, and I would like and I'd be like, yeah, you know what's going to be worse for these kids when their dad just snaps and goes insane because right. I cannot live like this, and yeah. so so I get where he's coming from a little bit just to be like this is this is unacceptable we can't we can't have this I can't have this I can't have this this is not going to work right. Yeah. And especially, especially when you put somebody else in charge. <laughs> well, I want to know what Bobby was doing in her room that whole time anyway. Right. Why doesn't she come out of – we have never – since Chance came back, we saw her yeah. sitting on the couch when he came in. Since then, we have not seen her leave that room. Right. What is she doing in Except there? Except to sneak out and run off to her and, and to drive her car away. Like yeah. what is she doing in there? I have no idea. All right. So uh, I think we've – that's all everyone. of mine. Yeah. Because yeah, we didn't have Rick and Ray too. we didn't have Rick and Ray Dean this episode. We did not have Rick and Ray Dean this episode. So out of the group that you saw, who was the student of the week? All right. So this is the one I went I went with Chaz just because I don't feel like we know his terrible secret yet. <laughs> right, right. So for right one. now he seemed like a good dude. Like a little weird. Maybe not my cup of tea of person I would like pick, but seemed like he had a good heart at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, I struggled this week, but I kind of like how Kayla kind of like held her ground with mm-hmm. Martel. She wasn't going to let him get away with shit, you know, like his half-ass apology. Uh, so, yeah, I went with Kayla. Uh, how about your dunce? Don't, Tiffany. I did too. What are you even <laughs> doing? This is just d- joke. Like, he, he provided this dude to, like, please come pick me up. And then, like, three seconds later was like, nah, I think I'll call you in a couple of days. And he got 
concussed in front of you and you didn't right. even like, you okay? Are you feeling? Like nothing. Nothing. And then called the dude who knocked him out. What? Yeah. Just dumb. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Oh, what about your class dunce? Oh, sorry. My dunce was Tiffany. Tiffany yeah. as well. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. My life lesson goes to the last one. Like kids listen to more than you think. Right. Yeah. And you got to be careful what kind of conversations you have in front of them, not just because it's something that you don't want them to hear, but also because they are snitches oh, and they God, will tell yes. on you instantly. Yes, they definitely will. Um, OK, so my life lesson was uh, for Martel. It's like, don't pick an alternate thing to be sorry about if you're offering <laughs> up an apology that, that you know someone's true. mad at you for one thing. So you're like, I'm going to apologize, but not for the thing that you want, for something completely different that's completely irrelevant. They're interchangeable, like, right? Apologies are interchangeable. <laughs> you can just change one for the other one, yes? Right? right. No. The answer is no. You, They're not interchangeable. It's like, I understand like why you're going to be stubborn enough. To, uh, you know, just apologize for one thing, but not the thing that you're, you know, it's like you're being too bullheaded at that point And it's yeah. just pointless. Well, he's just, he's just bullheaded. He's, he's yeah. very much like he's fighting this fight. Not because I don't even think he thinks he's right. I think we, we hit that. But just because he's like, no, I can't lose. Like, yeah. I have to, I have to win. Right. Which is ridiculous. So, yeah. If you're not going to offer up a full apology, what the person wants, then just don't even at all. Yep. All right, so yeah, we got more just going down the middle with this group, right? Yep, seems like it. Maybe all seven next week, but probably not. I'm gonna probably say. not. I think I, I I feel like there's a couple of them that they're like they were bouncing basically Lacey and Rick like alternate weeks, and I threw in Chaz. Yeah, well, the other thing too is um, spoiler alert. I you know I asked how long you know Antoine was out. Well, it's because I already know he's back in prison, but I don't know how long it took for him to be back in prison. Right. I'm surprised he was out at all, to be honest with you. I didn't think I didn't expect to see him at all this season. Yeah, I, I spent my whole time in the shoe because uh, I get out and like, you know, it's, it's just like we have we have kids like students like that, too. It's like, yeah, right. Oh, if his kids causing a commotion in the hallway. They're like they got back from suspension today. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Well, we'll see this group, uh, some subset of them next week. Yep. That's right. All right. Until then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.